Hello, my name is Chris Bear and welcome to Saturday at Three's Two Defeats from a Crisis. On this episode, we're going to be doubling up by looking back at Rangers' 3-2 win over Aberdeen and ahead to this Friday's game against Ross County. Joining me to do this is, first of all, Kenny. Kenny, have you just about got your breath back from last night? Yeah, brilliant night, wasn't it? Absolutely fantastic. And joining Kenny and I is Dave. Dave, are you still mad with it? Still, I've sobered up, but I'm still buzzing. The buzz has faded a wee bit as the hangover started to kick in, but I'm still buzzing. Listen, it would be great to just uh, fast forward and, and just talk about Arfield's double um, and everything's all right in the world, but obviously we like to do a wee bit of a deeper dive. Um, and we have to be honest, guys, as much as we are probably still buzzing, everything isn't all right in the world because that was pretty shambolic last night, I would say, um, out with the, the, the last two minutes. Um, Kenny, is that me being overly harsh or are you uh, do you tend to agree with that? Thank you. Uh, a wee bit harsh, but I do tend to agree with you. I thought we were started quite well uh, and got progressively worse until the crazy last three minutes. Dave, Michael Beale said that it was 10 out of 10 for character and mentality, but 5 out of 10 for the performance. I think 5 out of 10 is far, far too generous. Um, I understand what Kenny's saying, but I, I, I thought that is probably up there with one of the worst performances I've seen this season um, we will get into it and we will, I will justify that opinion of course, um, I'm not looking for you to agree with me Dave, if you want to disagree with me fine, but what would you say? I'm going to shock you a wee bit and say that uh, it wasn't as cataclysmically, cataclysmically bad as a lot of people may do, I'll come to justify that opinion, it was it was poor for large spells don't get me wrong, and losing two goals, going behind and all the rest of it isn't great, but I don't know. I don't think it was as bad as as was being made out. Well, as I said, I'll come to uh, why why I think it was um, as bad as I'm making out, but of, overall, um, as, as as the performance probably wasn't um, up to scratch, the result is all that matters. Um, as we discussed last week, uh, discussing the 3-2 win over Hibs, performance wasn't great then, but right now, at this present moment, the target that me and Kenny, um, me, me and Kenny set, really, uh, which I think is the target of most Rangers fans, is 15 points from the next 15, and that's six points out of six. So at the end of the day, that's all that matters, getting the points in the board. Um, Rangers lined up McGregor, Tav, Goldson, Sands, Devine, Kamara, Jack, Sakala, Tillman, Kent and Morelos. Obviously injuries to Ridvan Yilmaz and Barisic uh, being away on international duty. Devine kept his spot. Leon King did return from a, a, a virus, but Sands kept his spot um, with Goldson, uh, the one coming in for Lundstrom at the back, which I think may have been a surprise, um, but we know what Conor Goldson's like. I'll come on to um, your, your guys' opinion on that in a minute. Kamara and Jack, they kept the they kept the uh, jersey, as did Sakala, Tom and Kent and Morelos. Obviously, Morelos kept his spot for getting the goal against Hibs, and of course, Cholak still out with an injury. Um, so, the only real surprise there was possibly Golson Kenny in the starting lineup. Yeah, it was. Uh, I thought he would start with a uh, started with Ben Davies, um, but delighted to see him back. Absolutely brilliant, and I thought he actually did well. Thought he tired, but he played well. He did. He did. Uh, Dave, uh, I think what Bill said during the week about Golson wanting to come back last week. He's obviously champed the bit to get back. He's not missed a lot of football for us. Uh, Bit surprised to see him in there starting and a wee bit of ring rust. Obviously, there's a few who fall into that category. Jack Kamara, wee bit of ring rust, but on the whole, great to see him back. But the, the Ben Davies thing's puzzling me. I don't know what the script is there. 
Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean, actually. Yeah. Me and Kenny discussed that uh, last week on the pod. Um, Davis is looking like a bad signing. Um, if we sign Ben Davis for half a million to 750000 you can probably say it's, it's been a decent signing because obviously he's got the ability. I don't think there's any question there. He's, his ability is there, and that's the frustrating thing uh, because he's, his body... Um, doesn't seem to be up to scratch and if he's 27 28 and you know this this seems to be um that it, it might just be uh you know bad luck or whatever but this seems to be his body in decline already and we've shelled out almost five million pounds um so it is looking like a pretty poor signing uh purely because of the lack of availability for ben davis certainly not the lack of ability and um, the, the ability is there i want to, I want to stress that because um it's not like you know Rabbi Matondo will have paid three million pound for a guy um, who doesn't have the ability. Um, I, I would say Davis does. It's just has um, been available as as the issue at the moment. Um, so let's get into the game. The first fifteen minutes after say Rangers, I thought were absolutely fantastic. And it was probably the only spell in the game where I could actually say that because we took the game to Aberdeen, we imposed ourselves on them, we were winning uh, most of the second balls, we we're putting pressure on them. The press was there. The 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 team were working as a team rather than looking for individual magic, which we had to rely upon. Um, and it was looking good. And we got the breakthrough after 12 minutes, fashion Sakala, the ball broke to him. He took a kind of snapshot, came off the Aberdeen player. He took another shot after that. And the ball goes in the back of the net. There was a VAR check for a hand, a possible handball on Sakala. Um, I can see why they went to the check, uh, but there was clearly not a handball. What I don't understand, Kenny, and I don't want to talk about like VAR for a good finish for Sakala, but what I don't understand, Kenny, is um, why the check took so long, because for me it was pretty, pretty obvious, pretty, pretty quickly that the ball did not hit Fashion Sakala's hand. So for me, it might just be paranoid. Um, were they looking for a reason to chop that off? Yeah, very possibly. Uh, listen, all these decisions are taking a wee bit too long yet. They've got it's got to speed up. There was another one in the second half, and it took even longer. And you're like, this is ridiculous. Get on with the game. It was quite clear, as you say, from two quick angles that did not touch his hand. Play on. Do you know what I mean? I I just don't understand why it is taking so long. Uh, with a lot of them, it's weird. Get get it moving. The game's got to be quicker than that. Dave. I think VAR just wanted to look at and see what the fuck is he actually doing here? Is he a professional? Because the first, <laughs> the, the first shot is woeful and the second one's not that much better. I think they just wanted to go, what's going on? It just sums the call up in a nutshell. And of course, the same contribution. He looks top class, he looks dreadful, and then he looks top class again or vice versa. And the course of the same touch. I, I, we've seen guys who've got that ability to look to blow hot and cold obviously but nobody blows hotter or colder than the bold fashion man yeah um we're got it's funny you say that Dave because we've all become to some guy who I feel blows hot and cold within the same match at times um can be completely anonymous or looking completely hopeless and then he pops up with a moment of magic I think we all know who we're talking about there but in just uh, regards to Sakala um I totally agree my opinion of Sakala has always been the same he frustrates the life out of me actually used to annoy me but I've kind of trained myself to not be annoyed by him because <laughs> what you get from Sakala is uh, it doesn't look as if he's ever been on a football field before and then he'll turn into just being a fantastic player with a fantastic finisher a fantastic bit of skill and do you know something I get the logic now like I, when he first signed for Rangers I was like get this guy to fuck he was hopeless and um, that was my opinion but I get the logic now 
if Ashin Sakala doesn't know what he's going to do, how the fuck can you defend against that? Is that a fair, is that, is that a fair summary of why Sakala continues to be picked for this team? Absolutely. I saw some stats. In terms of touches in the box, effectiveness, goal contribution, Sakala is an outlier in a team by being ahead of the curve. His contribution in terms of touches, expected goals, whatever, is half the charts compared to the other players in his position. But as you say, you look at him sometimes and you think, I don't even know how you're... How did you make it to this level? Yeah. But as you say, it's effective and unpredictable. That's two goals. All right, so the rebounds are... F- I can ask, even the rebound shot yesterday, a fist scarf, but it's a goal inside the box. Strikers finish. The um, goal against Hibs, drilled under the keeper quite well. It looks effective and he's contributing, which is, as you say, you've trained yourself. I think it's what that means is a calibration of expectations away from, right, we've not got another Kent level winger, but he's occasionally Kent esque, occasionally right or Matondo esque. And as long as that is sort of 50% and above the right way, He's doing all right and he's got a place in the team. Whether we want that to be the case permanently or long term, that we've got players like that or we want some more dependable citizens, I'd say we need somebody who's a bit more regular and consistent in an ideal world. Can we get that? Can we afford it? I don't know. But uh, ah, he's, a, he's an enigma. This is a bold fashion. I think his innate lovability helps him. Yeah, definitely. Um, Kenny, uh, obviously, um, they've brought up Ryan Kent here. That's a, a player I do want to talk about. For this Let's just say for this first 20 minutes, I thought Kent was absolutely unplayable. I thought he was fantastic. Probably um, the best I've seen him this season in Scotland anyway. Um, playing just behind um, Morelos, really, um, in that kind of inverted 10 role. Uh, I thought he was causing all sorts of havoc. Uh, looking for the ball again. Um, I like that. Not hiding. Um, it was fairly productive there was a few times things didn't come off but that again that's what i like about ryan kent if it doesn't come off he'll come back and he'll try again disney hide um as much as as much as some rangers fans would like to believe and uh i have to say i think that's been a wee bit unnoticed dave you probably did notice this because i know what you like but uh kenny i have to say he's worked great in this first 20 minutes was just phenomenal um a word on him uh, best player on the part in the first half but by a quite a distance i thought he, he was excellent uh, and it's reminded actually watching it, it reminded me of the conversation I had with you last week for saying he just looks a completely different player when he's getting inside, doesn't it? It's, yeah. He's much, much better in there. Uh, yeah. I thought the way he was creating space, I thought the way he was taking people, he was gliding past players for the first time in a quite a while. It was great to see. Absolutely. Easily our best player yeah. uh, on the night, but particularly the first half. I know you agree with that, Dave. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think I tweeted last night and I said to you guys, Kent. 18 months ago was getting compared to, to Loudrop and there was a point at which he pushed it so far and it was so good at the time when he was skinning Scott Brown in the middle of the park he'd done that same move a couple of times last night you're starting to think that comparison's valid in some respects in terms of goals and assists on the part for Rangers he's not in the same league as Loudrop as a player but in terms of what he's doing on a game-to-game basis you go right okay he is contributing at that type of level and he seems to get back to that I thought against Tibbs he was much better and I thought last night Back to close to his best. The wing, been put out in the wing with two men in front of him to try and attack 
absolute hanging about to dry. You no wonder he looked jaded. And if this is a taste of things to come, then I think we're going to get him back to close to his best. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's absolutely crucial that he plays in that role going forward that he was playing last night, kind of tucked inside, um, almost sort of behind Morelos. But it sort of goes with the terminology that Bill likes, the players being closer together. And you've seen that and how effective that could be in that first 20 minutes. So that's what I would class as good out of the way. So I think we now need to go into the bad. What I didn't like for the next um, 25 minutes or, or maybe half an hour, because there was a good wee bit of injury time um, in the first half, was how Aberdeen imposed themselves on us and we sort of let them. Aberdeen, couldn't, Aberdeen were chasing shadows in that first 20 minutes and then we sort of dropped off a little bit and we let Aberdeen sort of control the game. i seen spells where Aberdeen had the ball and we were sort of dropping back a wee bit, letting him come on to us. Uh, I don't know if that was in the game plan. Um, and they put all, they put a good wee bit of pressure on us, but without ever really threatening us at all. Um, the ball then comes into the middle of the park, Fashion Sakala holds it up, he tries to lay it off, but he just loses the ball. Aberdeen go on the attack, um, the ball uh, gets played just outside the box. James Sands does what James Sands does, just absolutely wipes out the guy, no attempt to play the ball at all. I would say that was him panicking, um, just sort of kind of taking the man, take the free kick, regroup from there. Uh, I, f- I think it was just a ridiculous tackle, and all honestly, we'll, I think we should uh, have a discussion about Sands at the end of this, because um, I think his time at Rangers should be drawn to an end, so it'll be interesting to hear what you guys have got to say. And then the free kick was taken by Duke, and it was to McGregor's side. All McGregor had to do, and I, I genuinely don't think I'm being harsh here, all McGregor had to do was stand and catch the ball, but McGregor moves to his left, which is away from where the ball is travelling, and the ball goes into the back of the net. So there's three mistakes there. Sakala unable to hold the ball, Sands wiping out the player, and then McGregor's, I don't even know if it's his positioning, because uh, I, I still to this moment in time don't understand why he even dived, because... It was fairly well hit, yeah, uh, but it wasn't an unstoppable drive. If he took a step to his right-hand side rather than his left, as I said, it was it was a simple routine catch, but instead he's taken a step to his left and then dived, which I just don't get it. Um, so it was a clusterfuck all round. Dave, what's your thoughts on it? I think that sums it up. Clusterfuck all round. Ball with any fashion Seagal in midfield with his back to, back to goal is a high-risk pass anyway. Sands makes an arse it completely. We're doing what he does, as you say, the touch, the bouncy touch off him. And then is it panic or is it naive? I, I don't know. It, it does it time and time again. Now, McGregor's largely at fault. We'll say that for me, right? But I think for me, the Sands. There's phases there. There's phases there to stop you can't be a free kick. Overall, this is, this is a recurring theme with James Sands where he passes it into midfield, into dangerous areas or he passes directly to the opposition. And then, I've said on the pod before, he's a walking red card. He's just apt to size somebody down. He's and caught wrong side, Dave, isn't he? He's aye. totally the wrong side. It, All the it, time. Wow. I could not believe what I was watching with that. And he's had a couple of near misses with red cards. He's had a couple of near misses with handballs in the box. And he's just as well as got that wee baby face because he's a bigger liability than somebody like Kevin Musket. or what tear open old wounds there with the musket thing, but he's like something like that who you just can't trust. I just can't trust the guy. Kenny, for you, what was the... Well, instead of focusing on Sir Calvin Sands, give, give me your opinion on McGregor for the school. Uh, his wall set up wrong for a start. The, the wall's all wrong. For, for, for where he's wanting to stand there, right, that wall's got to be closer. Uh, 
to his left hand side uh, as you're watching it on camera to the right hand side. He, he he's got to protect both sides of of his you know of his goal both posts and it it I, I cannot but I actually me and my son were sitting watching it Chris and he, my son said that my son's twenty three and he said that that wall a shambles and look where he's standing he's directly behind it he yeah. couldn't see. That's why he's got to take a step over. It's it's sad to say because I love Alan McGregor, but that kind of epitomises the last year or so with him. It, it, bad, bad, really bad errors. Uh, the why why he wants to take a step as the boy's running up. Take the step before so yeah. that you can see. Yeah. Then you've then you've got the opportunity to get the. Uh, Get the leverage, if you like, to, to make a jump either way. It's it's appalling. It's a terrible first touch for, uh, from Sakala. Uh, Sands, listen, I'm, I'm going to try and be a wee bit fairer to Sands than I, than I probably should be. That I think it's hard to judge a, a, a right-sided centre midfielder when he's playing at left centre-back. It, it, it's just a nonsense that we're in this position, that this boy started at Pataudry yet again, the same as he did last year, and he had a nightmare up there last year in the first game uh, after the break as well. I, it's, it's a complete definition of insanity, of insanity, make the same mistakes over and over again and think that you're going to have a different outcome. Um, it's We've seen it, we've watched this movie before, uh, from all three of those players that are involved there, haven't we? We have, and I... In regards to Alan McGregor, um, obviously the, the second Aberdeen goal, he was a wee bit at fault as well. I'm not actually going to blame him as much. We'll come on to that, but let's just have the discussion about Alan McGregor. The, the, the issue we have with McGregor is we look at the two deputies, John McLaughlin and Ross McCrory. McGregor is still the best keeper we have at the club, and that, that that's that's an indictment on the club. Um, so it's if if we line up against Ross County on Friday and it's John McLaughlin or Robbie McCrory, Robbie McCrory in goals, what we're going to I believe we'll have more anxiety going into that game than we would if it was McGregor. So I'm not here to completely hang McGregor out to dry. McGregor, for me, is still the best keeper we have. But that doesn't mean he's good enough. It's not McGregor's fault that McLaughlin and McCrory aren't good enough to, to be number one. The fact that Robbie McCrory's signed a new three-year deal and he can't get anywhere near the team, I just don't understand the logic in that at all. Unless we've signed that boy to a three-year deal with the... The plan being, right, Robbie, you're going to be our number two for the next three years. You're just going to be the deputy. And he's agreed to that. Fair enough. But I cannot see that being the case. If Rangers, and let's just be honest, let's call it who it is. If Ross Wilson believes that Robbie McCrory is going to be our number one going forward, then we have serious issues. Because if Robbie McCrory can't get a game ahead of this version of Alan McGregor, who has clearly went a year too far, then how can he ever be a long-term Rangers goalkeeper? I don't understand it. So for me, absolutely. And, and we will talk about this in the next couple of weeks with the transfer window obviously about to open. But for me, goalkeeper, I would say, is at the very, very top of the list. If we go into the second half of the season with these three guys, or I'm relying these three guys, I think we're in a lot of trouble because this is going to keep happening. Um, we are going to keep conceding goals that shouldn't be conceded by goalkeepers or by their goalkeeper. Um, and we we have to we have to sink serious money into that position. I'm talking between three and five million. And I seen a I seen an argument on Twitter that actually got quite a lot of traction in terms of the risk there as we sign a goalkeeper at five million and we get a Barkas. Listen, every transfer is a risk, but 
we're not going to get a goalkeeper that's going to be as reliable as what Alan McGregor's been to us over the last, you know, 10, 15 years of spending serious money. We're not, we're not going to... The, the days of plucking out a Ronald Vatterus from nowhere are over. Goalkeepers that are premium... Uh, the, good goalkeepers are at a premium these days and this is the position we're in. I just feel that the club and especially Ross Wilson, um, feel that we can get by to the end of the season with McGregor and address this in the summer, whereas I don't think that's the right thing to do. I think that is quite neglectful. Dave, what's your opinion on it? Uh, I agree with that. I mean, if, if this seems the perfect opportunity now, now certainly, right, to bleed McCrory in because obviously the fun game coming up, he's got a couple of games to get his feet wet. McGregor's been poor. I don't think it's harsh or, or tarnishing his legacy to start phasing him out. McLaughlin sort of showed what happens when you rely on a B-team goalie in the old firm game. This is a perfect opportunity for McCrory. If he signed this long-term deal, what's the point? Are we hoping that we're just going to scrape a couple hundred grand of a transfer fee for him? If he's anywhere near competent and I mean good enough, he should be in now because we can't continue like this. And it's hard to see, obviously, McGregor's stature at the club's up there with the very best goalkeepers we've ever had. But we need a bit more stability in that position and if McCrory can't force his way in now he's never gone so yep. we need to go and spend the money I just hope we don't sign that boy f- last night the Aberdeen boy because he's fucking oh, terrible he's... and all uh, Kenny what's, what's your opinion on the goalkeeping situation going forward uh, I, I think we needed it addressed last summer and we haven't done it um, McCrory he's 25 Chris if, if he's not good enough to start now and he's not even good enough to be second choice behind with all respect to McLaughlin who's a good goalkeeper but he's a he's a he's a second choice goalkeeper he's not even in front of him uh, and Alan McGregor is getting done by age it's age that's doing him he's just not quite as agile as he should be maybe not quite as uh, well his concentration levels aren't quite what they should be at times um, it needs addressed and it needs addressed uh, I don't think we will address it in January, oddly. I, I actually don't. I think we've got three keepers there. The only thing that I think might happen is McLaughlin will probably go out on loan that will make McCrory the number two and they'll, they'll try and deal with it in the summer. But uh, it needs addressed now. Uh, it need, listen, it needed addressed after the Hearts game at home last year where he inexplicably let one through his hands uh, four minutes into injury time. To give yeah. them a draw, it needed. It was really obvious then that it, it, even then that the concentration levels aren't there, and that's not a criticism of McGregor the person. It's just age has got the better of him. That happens to everybody. It happens to everybody. It happens to the very best. Um, as you say, Kenny, I don't. I actually agree with you. I don't think we will address it uh, this January, but I think that's going to cost us. Um, I, I really, really do. I, I feel that getting into the second half of the season. Uh, with, with this level of goalkeeper and 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 by that I mean no disrespect to Alan McGregor it's he's he's, he's not the Alan McGregor of even three years ago he, he's now Alan McGregor in serious decline and um I think it's gonna I think it's gonna cost us but we'll, we'll see what happens there um so obviously we've gone one each um we came out in the second half and Rangers are just dial uh I, there's there's I expected a reaction um as to that that we got against Hibs. There was none of that. It was very passive. It was very not even try to force anything. It was it was all very kind of. I felt as if we came out with the mentality that we were winning the game and we we're just sort of kind of try to see it out. That's that's how I felt, um, especially that first fifteen minutes of the second half because there was absolutely nothing. 
Um, and I think I think Michael Beale actually agreed with me because we'll come on to what actually happened after the, the Aberdeen goal. The ball comes over. Um, there's a, I can't remember if it's Sands or Goldson, but there's a very half-hearted clearance. Um, Clarkson for Aberdeen is outside the box. He's allowed to wait on the ball coming down, control the ball, and then take the shot without any pressure at all from any Rangers defender or Rangers midfielder. And the ball goes past Alan McGregor and the goal. Now, listen, it was a, it was a decent finish. Um, I, I think it was actually quite a nice finish. McGregor's positioning, again, I think was woeful, but I'm, I'm looking... I'm looking at Golson Sands, Ryan Jack at this point. One of those three should have been all over him when that ball's in the air, but instead, the, the almost sort of kind of uh, stationary watching this guy do what he done by bringing the ball out the air, controlling it, and then getting the shot away. It was, I would say, it was probably a more, a more pathetic goal to concede than the first goal. Uh, Kenny, what's, what's your thoughts on this goal? I, I totally agree with you. Why nobody's closing it down is beyond me, but. Uh, Ryan Jack is six or seven yards away or something like that, breathing yep. out his backside. He was done. You could tell he was done by that time. Uh, Goldson and Ta- I remember we've since heard that Tavernier's been playing with the flu yep. last night. So I'll make allowances for that. Goldson first game back in months. Uh, again, I, listen, see when the see when the goal came. Yet again, I said two minutes before. Uh, there's a goal coming here. You could tell that they were going to score. Um, I, my personal opinion is a decent enough strike, but it's nowhere near the middle of the goal. Alan McGregor's about two yards uh, out of position to his right-hand side. He's got no chance where he stands. Absolutely no chance. It's a, it's a shocker of an error from McGregor again. It really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dave? Aye. Another catalogue errors, I thought. Go, again, Jack... Ring rust, towing a caravan at that point. Midfield should be trying to run us. Gold to it goes through him. Sands sort of shanks the clearance to the boy and he can't, he's got time to pick his spot. It's, as you said, the goal had been sort of coming at that point. They had started to build up pressure. We just lost that control we did. And that's the kind of stuff that worries me. Uh, albeit, I'll, I'll come on to say why I think we played probably better than, than people are saying, but. At that point, you're just thinking the the same frailties that we thought Bale, Bale was going to deal with and get out of the system that arose under Van Bronckhurst just seem to creep back in. We're not controlling games, are we? We're not. We're not, we're no. not controlling any long spells of games. Well, Michael Bale responded by making four substitutions in the 58th minute. He introduced Arfield, Lundstrom, Scott Wright, and Ben Davis, and off came Kamara, Jack, Sands, and uh, I put Tillman here. It's not Tillman at all. It's a caller. Um, I probably at this point for it should have been Tillman. <laughs> um, so that's quite a drastic thing to do. Uh, maybe not as drastic as what people are thinking. Obviously, in the modern game, and we've got you know the five substitutions can be used within one game instead of the three. But making four substitutions on the hour mark is pretty, it's pretty damning really uh, as to how things are going. But it was absolutely the right thing to do. I don't think anybody disagreed with it um, because we were just looking hopeless at this point. Um, I expected an, an immediate uh, reaction. Um, I feel that we didn't get it. I felt we were getting worse as the game went on. I, I looked as if, um, I'll be honest, one of the one of my quotes actually were when it was in the 88th minute and there was potential for seven minutes of injury time, I said there better not be because I just want this over and done because I thought, I honestly felt that we could play another game of football, another 90 minutes and we wouldn't have scored another goal. Um, that's how it was going for me. Um, but obviously we know how it ended. But Dave, I'll, I'll, I'll hold the... I'll pass the man over to you because you obviously 
you never seen a different game for me, but you looked at it from a different angle in terms of statistics and, and pressure and possession. Um, and obviously you've, you've mentioned there that maybe the performance was a wee bit better than, than what we thought it was. But I honestly, honestly, from the, the Aberdeen second right up to Rangers equaliser, I can't remember us troubling the goalkeeper. I actually felt that the more dangerous team looked to be Aberdeen. And if Aberdeen had anything about them, they could have killed this game. Um, instead of sitting in, uh, and that's the regret that Aberdeen will have, and that's their problem. I don't care about that, obviously, but that's the worry I have as a Rangers fan. If Aberdeen really, really wanted to, they could end this game um, within that half an hour spell. I think Aberdeen will look back on the chances they missed. The one the boy put by the post, and the one he's spanked into the crowd and rue those chances. But you're going to concede chances in games. I just thought that I, what I felt was that see, if you think back to when we won the league. I was on the edge of my seat for every single one of the games and panicking the whole time because of what was at stake and how much we'd, we'd built up to lose. And then if you watch them back or if you think back, we, we were actually fine. Yeah. But almost, well, we were fine because we won the league undefeated. It, it's not quite the same as that. And I know what Kenny's saying, and I agree that we did. We're not controlling games. And that's something that definitely went under Van Bronckhurst. We're not dictating the play. We're not just holding onto the ball for long spells. But I thought, apart from that spell either side of half-time, and I sent you the stats, that's the, the sort of direction of play and how dangerous they are. If you actually looked at it, it was us who were doing most of the kind of positive stuff in the game. And my hope is that we'll get there under Beal and we will start to control games. But I think apart from that spell where Aberdeen were running about like stolen motors and crashing into everything and winning second balls, if you watch the game back, we were probably reasonably comfortable for the most part. And I know we did resort... Can I, I thought last 20 minutes, 25 minutes, it was ours. And we made some... We got the ball into the box a couple of times, but nothing major. But uh, I've seen enough positives in terms of the way... Sorry, the way the ball's moving on the deck in spells, the kind of patterns of play coming back, that there's, there's green shoots of life there for me. Uh, it's no idea we have to win 3-2 coming back twice in the first couple of games, and that is completely and utterly unsustainable. That can't go on. Try that again on Friday night, and your luck will just run out. We yeah. need to be better. But for me, there's enough green shoots of life there, enough wee signs that things might just start to be clicking. And if it tells you one thing, that there's certainly fight and heart and guts in the team to come back now from being behind. What, were we behind twice? Three times we've been behind? Yeah. Score some late winners. So that those boxes for me are ticked. And as I say, for me, if you watch the game back, I think you would go, actually, this was reasonably comfortable if you were to look at it, obviously, the context of when the goals went in, changes the complexion completely. But if we'd went 3 0 up and then conceded 2 or come back earlier, I think we would be looking at the game a wee bit differently. I think to your point, obviously, the last 20 minutes was all Rangers. I, I, my, my counter to that would be that's because Aberdeen allowed it to be. And it goes it goes against the point, um, it goes with the point, sorry, that I made that if Aberdeen had a wee bit more about them, they, they, they probably would have killed the game off because as much as it was, I do agree with you, the last 20 minutes was all Rangers. We'd we done nothing. Um, we, I can't remember a save being made by their goalkeeper. I can't remember of, of an incident in terms of um, a chance being created. Maybe we'll just a wee bit unlucky. It kind of fell, fell away at the, at the very the last phase of play. Um, it just looked to me that these players were doing what these players do in this situation, albeit they bucked the trend, obviously, by actually finally uh, getting a result from a losing situation late in the game, which is something that we haven't done. Um, I believe the last time we'd done that was Conor Golson at Kilmarnock, which we all remember. Um, it was it was pretty it was pretty toughless stuff, and and this is I said at the time I still agree with it at the moment. Bill cannot. 
Bill cannot go with these guys right into February. Um, there needs to be some sort of... I understand it's not going to be 7-8 out, 7-8 in, in January. I get that. But the rebuild absolutely has to start. Like The point I made about um, on Twitter with Conor Goldson, uh, Conor Goldson comes back in the team. He's clearly no fit. Um, so he didn't have the best of game last night. But you've seen his mentality driving us forward. And being in the box in the 97th minute when we're drawn to each at Aberdeen here, no right being there. He's a central defender. And it's guys like Conor Goldson we need in the club um, come January. Guys that are going to change the mentality of the team. And if we go with the same amount of players... Uh, Michael Beal will go the same way as Giovanni Van Bronckhorst I think because I just as much as it was good last night as much as we did turn it around I still have major major trust issues with them I think the trust issues for me have been there for a long time I think until we get back to the point where we've got a consistent amount of trophies under our belt that'll always be there but I know you said there's no chances but we did Arfield did two guilt edge chances Uh, the game could have been the comeback could have been on quite a bit sooner (laughs) Can I then but agree with the squad being a shambles? There's questions and some supposition there around Bill's role in the team and life and what he wants out of this job and whether he is a yes man for the board and he's going to accept a low budget. But if there's to be any hope of sustained success or any sort of success, we need money spent in January because the squad is our absolute shambles. Kenny, one instance I do want to talk about is... Um... The ball came in. I think it was Scott Wright that put the ball in. Maybe it was Tav, one of the two. The ball came in and uh, the the ball clearly hits Ross McCrory in the hand and it goes to VAR and we don't get it. Can can you understand why? Was that one of those ones for you? I know my own opinion, but was that one of those ones for you where the ball sort of kind of hits the hand as the hand is lower down against the body so he's not actually making his body bigger? Or was it an obvious penalty whereas he actually has made his body bigger and by hitting his hand it's prevented the ball from going to a Rangers play? No, I don't think it's a penalty, mate. I think it hits his I think it's his knee and then onto his hand, which makes it not a penalty. Uh, if it hits your a part of your body before it hits the hand, because I thought it was a penalty instantly when I seen it, but they actually showed you a replay and it quite clearly kind of hits the top of his knee or the bottom of his thigh and goes onto his hand. So uh yeah, I thought at first, at first, on first sight, I thought it was a penalty, but no, the rule kind of states that it isn't, I'm afraid. I think that rule needs to be kind of um, clarified more or, or, or maybe brought to uh, people's attention more because uh, you're right, it is the, the, the law if it hits another part of the body then onto the hand. But for me, uh, Kenny, I understand you can It's quite a deliberate act, isn't it? He, he kind of moves his hand towards it. Yeah. Uh, so it probably should be a penalty, but by all, by all accounts, the law's... Yeah, you can't argue against um, something that's put in writing when it's if the referees fall on that rule, but um, it's kind of open to abuse a wee bit because as you, I think that's what Rob uh, Ross done last night, Ross McCrory. It did abuse the rule a wee bit because yeah, it does it does off another, it hits off another part of his body, but you actually see him going towards the ball with his hand in, and whether that was deliberate or not, I just he also leans into it, yeah, which made yeah. me think it was a clear penalty because he does actually lean right into it. Uh, but I, I just I just think it needs maybe not clarified. I think the rule is pretty um, pretty clear. I think it just maybe needs to be promoted a wee bit more because it is one of those things that we are we do forget mainly because the handball rule has changed so much over the last kind of eighteen twenty four months. But 
it's um, it's t- to me as we just discussed. I think he obviously goes into the ball with his hands as it's hit off his other part of the body. So you have to then interpret: is that is that intentional, or is, or was his body going in that position anyway? But look, at, at the end of the remind day, me, Chris, did we not get one that was exactly like that earlier on this season? Where that's exactly what somebody did. It came off their apparently I can't can't remember what game it was, but it came off somebody's but you know leg or something like that, and the guy bounced his hand up. And it came off his hand. Can you remember? I can't remember, mate. It's been a long season. Aye, true. When you're a Rangers fan, you remember everything when it's been a good season, but when it's having a bad season, you're just like, what? Did that happen? I can't remember. Yeah. No, but listen, at this point, we're kind of huffing and puffing, but certainly when we get to the 90th minute, we we are all just like, aye, cool, right. We need to kind of resign ourselves to defeat. And then Arfield gets that uh, equaliser, and I think everybody's... uh, sort of reaction was, well, at least they fucking didn't beat us. Um, but the title race is over. Uh, yet another bottle job by Rangers, despite getting that last minute equaliser. But it's still no good enough. It's still a shambles. Um, but obviously we'll come on to actually what did happen um, just two minutes later. But we'll talk about the, the, the equaliser first. Ryan Kent takes responsibility, drives the Aberdeen defence, takes a shot from outside the box. On this occasion, it's on target with Ryan Kent. And the goalkeeper uh, spills it right into the path of Scott Arfield, who stabs it home. Um, good goal. Don't think there's really much we can discuss about the goal, other than, yep, it gets us back in the game. Well, it, it, it prevents Aberdeen from beating us. One thing I do want to talk about is, uh, and maybe I shouldn't be focusing on this, maybe this is just being a wee bit kind of pedantic a wee bit, but it really did annoy me, um, was... The first thing Alfredo Morelos thought about when we got that goal was the <laughs> goal. Um, he actually had the ball. Um, so if he didn't have the ball, I could have understood it a wee bit more. But the first thing he thought about is he grabbed the ball and then he runs to the Aberdeen fans <laughs> in the stands and gives it large to the Aberdeen fans when all we've done is equalise at this moment. That shit needs to get cut out immediately and... You could tell Scott Arfield was raging because he just completely ignored Arfield whilst holding the ball. Um, and, yeah, I, I think David gets to the stage now. We just need to accept that he's never going to grow up. Oh, it's funny in hindsight. You, you laugh oh, at it now. It's hilarious now, of course, but hey, that of course is. But I, I, was, I was at my seat. I was putting the PlayStation on. I was ready to turn it over and uh, obviously waiting for the end. But uh, Scott Arfield cleared his day on the telly. He's turning and telling him to fucking move. I... It's, if you want to show your fucking winning mentality, there are other ways to do it, Alfredo. It would be a different story if the whistle had went when Tillman had twisted and turned his way loose and the column blows up just as that ball's about to fly into the box. So that's the fine margins you're dealing with there. He's got yeah. to wake up a wee bit and aye, Arfield's got the presence of mind to dig the ball out and try and get it up and Alfredo's too busy dishing out his fucking Christmas cards to, to follow suit. Yeah. Kenny, is it right to highlight that, or am I just being a wee bit overdramatic? Um, I, I I don't know. Um, I understand what you're saying, but again, I, I I'm just one of the guys. I find stuff like that when I'm watching football quite funny, to be honest with you. Um, he, he's he is what he is. Um, it didn't but it didn't cost us, but it could. I understand what you mean as well. It could cost you because he's he is just a daft boy, isn't he? I don't mean that he sound not kind of condescending. He's just different for the rest of us, isn't he? There's something, <laughs> something, something no, no quite right there. Aye. I mean, Aye. Look, we're going we're gonna to come on to the winner, and Morelos's antiques at the winner I love, um, which is quite hypocritical of me, but in the context of it, we've scored 
a very, very late equaliser, and there's still time, and Morelos is wanting to eat those seconds up by winding up the Aberdeen fans when quite clearly the Rangers fans aren't exactly celebrating a drop with Audrey because a draw's not good enough. Um, I, I think you're right. I, I totally understand it. But as I say, I just think he's he doesn't think like the rest is, Chris. Yeah, yeah. So, unbelievably, uh, Aberdeen almost score. Um, it was a wee bit like the World Cup final at this point, end to end. They don't. We get the kind of break of the ball and then we kind of force ourselves upfield. Ball comes out wide to Tillman, who does some fantastic work, holding on to it, twisting, turning, holding, 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 manages to get a wee inch of space, flings the ball in, hits off an Aberdeen player, falls to the path of Conor Wilson, who, by the way, at the time, I'm like, how the fuck has he not scored that? But in, in the end, it doesn't matter. Um, hits off Golson's chest into the path of Arfield, who... This this is this is the this is the quality of Scott Arfield that I really, really want to highlight here. I would say just about any other Rangers player would have just smashed that ball, took it clean, and there's more chance of that either going to the goalkeeper or going over the ball. But Arfield has a presence of mind to actually hit the ball into the ground, knowing that it's gonna cause absolute havoc because obviously there's gonna be a bounce there. And that's what gets the goal. Because of that bounce, it goes over everybody because the, the goalkeeper's already on his ass. He's expecting Arfield just to smash it hard and low. But because Arfield's hit the ball into the ground and the ball's bounced back up, that's what's got as a goal. And that sums up... Uh, Dave, you've obviously um, spoken about the intelligence of Arfield and you've done it in quite an extreme example, but um, it was just magic, wasn't it? Everything about it, the setup with Tillman, the, the, the cuteness of Goldson with that kind of uh, chest down... And then obviously the finish, which I, I believe I have to say that the finish has not been spoken about enough for me because we're all just talking about the fact that we managed to get over the line, but the finish was just absolutely quality. Uh, I, I don't know if I'd give him so much credit for the finish. I think he's maybe just got something on it. But in terms of the goal, the overall goal and Arfield's intelligence, uh, I, oh, it's fucking, I, lo- I love Scott Arfield. I've always loved Scott Arfield. I, obviously, the wee tweet about me earlier, and I, I couldn't think of a better example, but I'd like to repeat what I said, but... <laughs> it, it was an example of he's technically I look at Scott Arfield and go you are a sort of mid-pack player right technical attributes only great if you put it in football manager context it's on nines and tens but see his intelligence and his effort and his work rate and his dig his reading of the game his, his willingness to influence the game his willingness to really affect the game at every possible opportunity it's half the chance it's as good as I've ever seen at Ibrooks. It, it really genuinely is I don't think I've ever seen somebody the only guy who I think comes close in terms of those attributes is Stephen Naismith. Just being a wee arse and getting in people's faces and trying to change the outcome. Like, there was a good thread about that, the Argentina goal at the World Cup final and how he was in pulling every string in the penalties to try and get an advantage. That's Arfield on the park all the time. He was in the receipt of the two best chances. The one that were under the keeper and get cleared and then he hit it right at the goalie, which it didn't much time to do anything else. But that sums him up. He's taking up good positions. He's moving after the ball. He's making life hard for the opposition. See if you could take a grain of what Arfield's got and put it in every player. Any football team would be unstoppable if you had 11 guys with that mentality. I, I just think the guy's fucking terrific. And it, it, sometimes it doesn't work out. But he scored well in his first year of goals, I think. But nights like last night don't happen unless you've got an Arfield in your team. Guys who just want to go the extra, the extra 10 miles to get the result. I fucking adore the guy. But a sad day for me when he goes. Yeah. Kenny, what's your thoughts on the goal? Uh, brilliant work from Tillman. Absolutely 
excellent, really excellent. I uh, thought the boy had a, a really good game, Tillman, actually, uh, on the ball in particular. Um, I feel to, he's, how would you put it, he's the perfect impact player. And I don't, I don't mean that to sound... See, you can't... Uh, you can't really praise Arfield without sounding as if you're kind of damning him, can you? That's what I'm trying to say. I'm, I'm not trying to say that he's, he's some kind of super sub or anything. I don't mean it like that. He He's just one of those players that, see, see when you're, exactly what you say, Dave, see when you're up against it, he, he, the chips are right down for you. He, he, he can come up trumps for you. And he's, he's one of those players that, exactly what you've just said again, Dave, you want him in your team. Uh, Tremendous. I actually would give him a bit more <laughs> praise for the finish than, than Dave does, actually. I think it's a cracking finish because he, he deliberately smacks it into the ground. Um, and he hits back. Up. Just need to check that. I, I don't know if I'm paying enough attention to what his intent is there, but I'll maybe need to watch that back. Aye, oh. uh, but this is what I'm saying. It's just a deliberate uh, get it up and over the keeper kind of thing. He actually bounces it into the ground. That's right. Um, I took it, Kenny, because I think it falls to any other player that they, they try and smash that hard and low. Whereas aye, you actually tell. I, I, I tend to agree with you. I think yeah. most folk would just put their laces through it, whereas he's actually meant I'm going to get up and over that and keep it down and the full knowledge that it's going to bounce up and over. Um, brilliant goal. I, I, genuinely, absolutely tremendous in the sense of right from the off. See, I don't know if you remember, they had got a free kick and uh, Boy had put it a yard past the post. And see the intent from yep. right away from Connor Goldson. Yeah, so I mean, um, who Connor Goldson end up in that in six yard box? You know it's I mean? him that starts it. This is yep. what I'm saying. It's him that gets the ball and pins it forward. I can't remember who too, but it, it was properly. Let's go and get the winner. Um, yep. And a, a, a lovely, lovely move. Uh, and Tillman, as I say, that he had another wee, uh, move. I think it was was it in the first half. It was where Morelos hit it. At, you know, at the keeper. Uh, that that boy can play, honestly. Well, look, we'll come on to Tillman in a wee second. Let's just sum up the game. I think that we were very, very lucky. We got out of jail, but do you know what? I don't care. Three points is all that matters. A win's a win. We'll take it every time. As I said, it's six points out of six, so we're on target for the the overall target. Um, it keeps relative amount of pressure on Celtic, who, whether they feel the pressure or not, remains to be seen. But... We certainly don't want to be handing them anything. We don't want to be giving them pressure-free scenarios. And nine points is a relative gap at this point, but we're an old firm game looming. Kenny Mino said, let's just assume that Celtic will get full points into the old firm. So that means we need to do the same. And if it gets to that stage, it's game on. Because um, I, I believe that, certainly the way things are going, I think that it's, it's lined up to be an absolute cracker in January. Um, but I don't want to look too far ahead because obviously we've still got quite a bit of work to do beforehand. Um, but we got there, Petodre, midweek game under the lights. You know what you're going to get for Aberdeen. What we got for Aberdeen is exactly what we expected the complete polar opposite of what they gave Celtic. I'm not going to go too much into that. That's just who they are. Fine. We need to rise to that challenge. It looked as if we didn't. It looked as if, once again, we've let Aberdeen's pure endurance, pure work rate get the better is because it's certainly only regardless of how bad this Rangers team is or how poor this Rangers team has been Aberdeen from now until I certainly die will never have a better footballing team than Rangers so they're never going to beat us at football it's always going to be the other things and it certainly looked as if that once again Aberdeen had got the better of us in that that respect and yet we come away with the three points the way it happened I feel give, give me that every time against Aberdeen Give 
let us snatch victory um, from the jaws, victory from the jaws of defeat. Oh, is that is that the saying? Is that is that, am I saying that right? But aye, it's usually the opposite. We do, aye. but aye, that's the correct version. Give give me that, give me that every single time because they will be hurting, um, and rightfully so because I don't. Uh, and listen, please don't take it as out of context, but that Aberdeen one hundred percent did not deserve it, and that's what makes it all the sweeter. We did, we certainly didn't. I'm not going to say we deserve to get beat, right? But we certainly didn't deserve to win win the game, um, and yet we come away with with the three points. So, a couple of things from that is um, I feel that we're seeing the bill factor already because I don't think we win this game under Gio. I also don't think that we beat Hibs under Gio in the same circumstance, in the, in, in the same scenario or, or the same situation in terms of going going, going behind twice and, and then coming back. Under Gio, when we were getting in half-time uh, losing or, or a draw, you never had the confidence that we would come out and, and turn it around and that's twice now we've done that under Bill. So that's the bill factor for me. The football's pretty turgid still, but that's fine. Bill described our football of football and performances as a work in progress. So I'm 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 happy with being a work in progress but getting three points every time. So I'm I'm cool with that. Um don't get me wrong, there'll be many, many more times over the next couple of weeks I'll lose my shit watching Rangers during a game, but the outcome is all that matters. Um and I don't care if I look silly uh, because I've said a few things during the game. As long as Rangers get the three points, that's all that, that matters to me. So I can see the effects of Bill so far, but I can also this is a whole different argument and we can get into another long hour long debate about this. But last night proved to me that all the issues weren't down to Jill. A lot of the issues were actually out in that field last night. So that comes back to what I said earlier. There does need to be some changes over the next couple of weeks. I understand there won't be whole whole changes in terms of ripping out a, a whole team and bringing a whole team in. I understand that won't happen, but the rebuild certainly has to begin in January, whether it's two or three. It certainly needs to start then. Um, because I'll tell you one thing, we're in a lot more trouble than I ever thought if, if, if Ross Wilson... And Michael Beale think that this team can get us over the line in any way, shape or form um, until the end of the season because they certainly will not. So that that's the positives for me. The Beale factor, the fact that the team showed a mentality that we've not seen before. Uh, sorry, we've not seen this season, not, not before. Um, and it's six points out of six. Kenny, um, you get any more positives to add or are you happy with the summary though? Um. I would add a few things to that, actually. Scott Arfield mentioned something about mentality in his, one of his interviews. I don't know if it was in RTV or Sky, I can't remember what it was, but he said that the mentality is not quite right. And you've said that you're seeing the bill factor and not all of it was down to Geo. I actually think Arfield's comment kind of hints that a lot of it, this, what we're watching in the last two games, where we're not, uh, when, I say, when I'm saying we're not controlling games, we're too easy to play against. Mm-hmm. We really are. We're far too easy to play against, and I think that's partly down to uh, how would you put it? The the fact that our previous manager has actually been quite happy to not be in control of games. I think there's maybe a Dutch mentality where it's it's more of a an end to end or a game of basketball or whatever you want to call it, uh, and better players with better you know better teams with better players will win the games, and I think that's his, that's been his mentality to a certain degree. Um, Whereas Beal under Gerard, as we know, they wanted to control 90 minutes of football. They wanted to dominate games. Um, and I think that's part of the issue that we have at the minute, is that that entire squad is used to, over the past year, which is, what, 60-odd games now, uh, have actually not been in control of games. 
So when Aberdeen get that those periods of dominance, they're kind of used to it. Yeah. And that's got to be addressed, Chris. That that's the first thing that's got to be addressed. Do we need new players? Absolutely. We, we and in key areas as well. That's that's the thing. Dave, what do you say? No, I agree with all that. The squad needs a major reboot. I alluded earlier to questions about Bill's role in life. If he's came back here to be a yes man and say, I can work in a shoestring and give me these players and I can improve them and I'll take your shite like Matondo and whatever else you want to deliver me and I'm quite happy with that, then that's a speculation on my part. Although I think a lot of people are starting to, or, or have always had that opinion. If that's the case, then we are, as you say, fucked because Bill needs to drive standards for us on the part of the way Gerard did and that includes better players and a better squad and we don't need to do a deep dive in the squad to know but I'm on record with my opinion about the inadequacies of it if he thinks this is adequate and it's just going to take us the, the injured players to come back and then more of the same in the next Wendy's then the, the prognosis is bleak but the flip side of that I can see signs on the park that the football's getting back to where we want it to be there are signs that we want to try and take the game to teams and control games and play good football, and I think you hit the nail on the head there, Kenny, the modern Dutch philosophy is basketball, end-to-end, and it's individual quality. That doesn't work in Scotland when teams play the way Aberdeen and Hibs play a, play a, a version of football against us that just doesn't even keep away anything you see in modern football. Three guys running the ball, hounding you. T- 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 Tillman tried a couple of wee turns last night, and in Europe he gets away with them because there's space behind them. But Aberdeen have got the striker running back 20 yards to crash into you. So we need, but of course we need better quality, but we need the better mentality. And if Bill's just here to, I'll make these guys better and it'll be fine, then we're in trouble. But for me, I'm I'm coming off the back of these two games reasonably positive. Maybe that's just the Bill factor still lingering honeymoon period, but I'm still reasonably positive that he'll certainly improve us on the park. I agree with that. I think he will. I think Bill will make a massive difference over the next three months or so. You'll yeah. see a massive, massive difference. That, that's what I was going to say. Like right now, we we could technically or arguably be in the manager bounce um, stage, where obviously a new manager comes in, they change a few things, the players respond, and then there was the result to the, the norm, if you will. Whereas for me, I can see that that won't be the case. I can actually see this not being the bounce. I can see this being the change, if you will, because we're seeing the same level of performance at the moment which is fine as I said because the only thing that matters is the three points whereas we're seeing the mentality change and if the mentality changes first and then the performances fall we'll win a hell of a lot more games than we'll lose between now and the end of the season and that that for me is is, is why I agree with both of you I think the the, the bill factor with each passing game will become stronger and stronger now I'm, I'm not going to say that Michael Beale returning to Rangers is going to be on, on, on the same level as Walter Smith returning to Rangers uh, the second time because I think it's very unfair to do that to Michael Beale make those kind of comparisons but what I will make in, in, in the sense of a comparison is the first the first thing Walter changed when he came to Rangers wasn't the personnel um, drastically he brought a few he brought a few guys in initially and then made his rebuild in the summer the, the first thing he changed was the mentality you're playing for Rangers you need to win I don't care how we get it and listen, the fans will give you a hard time if you have a shit performance and you've won. They will still give you a hard time. But Walter's attitude was, I don't give a shit what the fans think. Get the win, because that's all that matters. And I see a wee bit of, I see a wee bit of that in now because, you know, I think under Gerard, um, for example, 
if we had came away with these last two games with six points with those performances, Gerard would have come out and slaughtered them. Whereas Bill's been a lot more kind of sympathetic and he's not putting much emphasis on the performances. He's telling the fans the performances will improve, that will come. It's just all about kind of ticking over now. We're a work in progress and I like that. He's he's sort of kind of, you know, publicly he's setting expectations to be, let's just get the wins, but you know there's a lot of work going in the background there. So, Kenny, can you see that kind of comparison where there has to be a shift in mentality first and then the performances and personnel will eventually change for, for the better? Yeah, um, I kind of alluded to that in in my last answer. Um, the mentality, <laughs> the the mentality will will have to change. You can see it already. That uh, we we mentioned this last week in the show, but you've just said it uh, ten fifteen minutes ago as well. That that's two games we wouldn't have won under Van Bronckhorst. We wouldn't have. Um, that game was running away from us last night. Uh, in a big way, after about an hour, it was it was really running away from us. I thought, um, but we got partly because Aberdeen sat, and I will admit that they did decide to try and keep what they had, but we persevered, and the bold changes. Uh, that's a, that's a message from Bill right away that he's not happy with any of them, even though it's only four subs he's making. That is a big statement to make to your football team or to the to your players. Off you pop. You're not. You're not doing what we need. Um, the mentality is already beginning to change. You can see that. Uh, and as I said, uh, over the next two or three months, I think you will see a massive, massive mentality shift where that dominance that I was talking about in my last answer, that uh, control of games, will you begin to see it in a big way? I really do think that. Uh, Dave, you. Um... Uh, Kenny will be the kind of balancer here but I, I know that you are sort of on board with me on, on this next thing that I, I'm going to talk about um, which is Malik Tillman because I, I, I do believe that <laughs> getting as many opinions on, on Tillman as possible is, is, is essential because I think we all see different things in Tillman we, some of us see the bad, some of us see the good but we don't all see the same thing because we're all looking for different things from them and I think me and you, I think it's fair to say we look for a hell of a lot more and uh, I, I'm not going to... I want to go as far as saying we were slotting the boy last night because we weren't, but we were certainly picking up on more of the bad that he was doing rather than the good. Um, frustrates the life out of you. We'll look as if he's not interested at times. We'll give away really slack balls. We'll not look involved. And then in the 97th minute, he'll produce a moment of magic where you just go, wow, that is that's incredible. No, I will concede. Like I said that last week in the pod with Kenny. Like I'm not saying I don't want Malik Tillman being a Rangers player going forward. Um, it's the it's evaluation that is the stumbling block for me. But I'm getting ever closer to the opinion that five million could be money well spent if he keeps doing stuff for us. I I'm on board with spending the money on him. And as I said to you, I think I said it privately. If we spend five million on him as part of a twenty million rebuild, I'm fine. I'm on board with it. If the board time pass off. Here's five million pound Malik Tillman, who you've already had for a year, as your big marquee signing in the summer. I'm not going to feel quite so happy about that. But for me, Tillman, I, I said last night, it frustrates the life for you. Sometimes he looks like a sort of even lower mentality Josh Windass, where he's just trying things that are never going to come off. He looks lackadaisical, disinterested. But then that's the last two games he's got. But was it one assist last night and then two against Hibs? Moments are real class. You could have an assist with a thing for uh, Shimmy did for Alfredo as well. Moments are real game-changing quality. And he's got the potential to be 
a Ryan Kent or even better style game changer. One of the criticisms I had to Aribo, who is obviously the direct replacement for is Aribo, wasn't he a killer? Didn't he come up with the big moments that often? Looked good outside the box, gilded the game, but never really, really killed teams off. Tillman looks as if he's got that, and I think his numbers already are better at this stage his first season. So it does look like we've won a watch. It's just baffling that the, the moment we tried this wee flick in the middle of the park with three Aberdeen players in him, I was like, what are, you, what are you doing? Why do you think you're going to get away with that? And then he goes and does that in the last nine seconds. Great composure to do it. Great cross. And again, feet, footwork against Hibs. Different class. No many players in the league in the mind the squad can do that. So he is just going to be one of these guys. And I think as much as he does frustrate you, you're going to need to take the rough with the smooth and just maybe that's the deal. We need to put up with it for these moments. And we've got a luxury player and we need to we need to live with him rather than try to make him live with us, as Walter said about Gaza. Uh, absolutely, you know, it, it, it seems like that. Kenny, obviously you, you're a big fan of Tillman. Um, surely you could understand though why he does frustrate. I'm just speechless. I, I'm contemplating whether to give Dave a straight red or a yellow card for the Josh Windass comparison. <laughs> it's it's mere just to kind of, he's trying skill moves, he's trying reflex that just like, you've no right to try that where you are on the pitch, you've no right to try that the way the game is. I just think, what are you doing? I'm looking for them at all in a level of ability. Oh, I know, but it's, again, I'm struggling for a valid comparator, same as we are, field, somebody who I can who is really just lacks a daisy claw in the ball, which Tillman looks, I'm sure, he, I'm sure he's trying his best, but it just looks, but then and, the quality I know exactly what you mean, we said this last week, he is a frustrating player, Dave, but the, the thing that I, I'm trying to, the way I'm looking at it, this is a kid that's now into, what, 20 games into his professional career, basically. Aye, well, aye, aye. You have got to, we've got to, uh, and I think he's loving it, actually, I think you can tell that he's, he's progressing, he's learning, as well, um, I, I I understand exactly the the kind of scenario that you're saying. If it's five million when we've only got seven or eight to spend, then it's a bit deflating, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Because you're like, well, we've got him here. Did he do enough? And all you know that it comes with loads of questions and baggage. That whereas if you're spending fifteen twenty million quid and you're getting another four or five players in or whatever, uh, you're quite the thing with it. You're quite more, you're more at ease with it. I would say. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm going to say something that you, you obviously the pair you're going to disagree with. I actually see proper potential in that boy, like huge amounts of potential. I think the the, the speed of feet, the speed of mind that he's got when he's just right at the very very beginning uh, of his career uh, actually quite excites me. There's a lot of folk we're, we're all banging on about the young boy Lowry, but Lowry's nowhere near our team. You've got to trust Gio, you know, previously and Michael Beale now and look at, uh, we all know Lowry's potential, if you know what I mean. But yeah. Til- Tillman's the, the man uh, that's making the massive difference a lot of the time here. Uh, he also scored that wonderful goal against Motherwell. He's, he's already contributed massively against PSV and against the uh, Union St. Galois. Uh, the boys got huge, huge potential, I think. Um, See, I know I, you two aren't quite sure about when I, I get I kind of get that as well. No, I would I, I, I would I wouldn't I wouldn't say that um I can only speak for myself, but I wouldn't say I don't see that he's got potential. He certainly does have the, the all the potential in the world and and I've actually It's for us though, isn't it, Chris? I, that's, for, I was going to say, that's, that's exactly what I was gonna say. I'm I'm on record for saying I don't think we're ever gonna see 
him as the finished article, that's going to be his second or third club after Rangers. And don't get me wrong, that still could make us a lot of money. Fine, good. I, 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 I'm totally on board with it. It's um, it's it's one of those ones. It's it's a weird um. It's a weird kind of Rangers thing, I think. It's, this is a, a Rangers problem that's existed a lot. We, we do love a flair player. We do love an enigma. We do love a kind of, you know, one of those guys that does what he wants because he's got that moment of genius. We, we've had players like that littered all throughout um, our history. The problem is they're in a successful Rangers team, these guys, these maestros, these kind of enigmas. Um, and that's where my nervousness, uh, nervousness lies, um, you know. It just goes back to it's a hell of a lot of money for a guy that we effectively need to build our team around, which means that the guys we're building the team around are going to be of lesser quality. Um, which I think to to, reconf- to reframe the argument a bit about what we are saying here, it's not so much a question of Tillman's ability or the potential. I think those are undoubtedly there. If you were to hand me or you seven six million pounds, seven million pounds, see here, rebuild the Rangers team. Would you spend all that on? an enigma like that, a guy who's got the ability but doesn't show it, or would you just go right, well, two million and a winger, two million and a right winger, two million and a centre mid, and two million and a centre half, so it's it just comes fundamentally back to well, it, for me, David, board's David, priorities. Exactly, that's what I was going to say, it comes back to what we've all been banging on about for the past 18 months, as the board and Ross Wilson because if the, Ross, Ross Wilson more than the board here, actually. If Ross Wilson got it right in the summer there and Tillman was part of this, um, you know, transfer flurry in the summer, which he was, and the players were better that we brought in, let's just say we brought in, you know, two or three guys instead of Matondo for the three million and they contributed more than, than what Matondo has and it was a far more successful window. We Everybody right now would be like, right, get that boy signed up, get that boy signed up right now. See the fact that the window just there was so poor, you know, five million on Davis, as we said, three million on Matondo, nearly five, well, potentially five million on a on a left back that we've hardly seen. Um, we're like, hold on a minute here, we're pretty fucked, you know. Um, and do we really want to spend what will potentially be a very large chunk of our budget on this one guy who's currently already here? Aye, we need to wait and see how we spend it because if see if we. If you say if the window had been better and the the, the Yilmaz money and Davies money had been better spent, and we had and we had spent the five million on Tillman and he was our player, I think most people would feel pretty, myself included, would feel pretty positive. But it got fucking hell, we've we've replaced Aribo and possibly upgraded for a for half the price. Right, I'm I'm on board with this. Yeah, it's we've we've ripped the plaster off another extensive board rant. Well, I'll <laughs> like, throw this really. at you then. The period <laughs> then does this maybe. Um, I, I, and I get your argument. I get, I get what you're trying to say. But does that? I'll, I'll, I'm trying to put this. Uh, the boy Sands is in exactly the same position, isn't he? Uh, mm-hmm. And is that part of the, the issue here that we've got two of them at a cost of the best part of ten million quid? I know which one I would take. To be honest, well, I was going to say, Kenny, it's, it's something shot for me because Sands, uh, if, if Sands is brought in permanently, then we're fucked. Uh, and, and I don't, I don't even mean that. Um, derogatory in any way. I know it sounds derogatory, but we're fucked in the sense of that's ten million pound. That we're not going to spend much more than ten million pound. You know what I mean? And if Sands is part of that ten million pound, where do we go from there? You know. But that's my point. I, you know, you can't have the both of them here. You can't spend the money on both um, with our potential to 
to buy, if you know what I mean. I, it just makes no sense. I, and I feel sorry for Sands because he's, he's getting played out of position. But to be fair again, what I will say is at this, when he first came in last year to the club, uh, he was playing in midfield and I wasn't overly impressed with him there either, I've got to be honest. It's, he's a it's solid just, operator. He's a solid operator. Uh, he's a tidy player, but he's just he's he's no not a centre-half. Yeah. We, we, we could get, uh, um, you know... We could get just about any player. Uh, no, no, sorry, I'll, I'll rephrase that. We could get any competent Scottish-based player who plays that role and come into our team and does what Sands does. I don't think Sands does anything out of the ordinary, which makes it separates him from these other players. You know what I mean? Like I look at Sands and I go, the, the question I ask about James Sands is, where is the five million pound valuation? I've no I, idea. Exactly, exactly. He's neat. He's tidy. Fairly solid in the midfield. Doesn't he? Doesn't he run beyond? Sort of kind of sits there, sweeps up. Doesn't do that spectacularly. Does a, a, an average job there. Don't get me wrong. He's had one or two games where he has really, really performed well. But well, there's two boys in Scotland that have both went in the last couple of years uh, for way less. Yep. The boy Turn, Turnbull at Celtic is a far better player than him. And Lewis Ferguson is a who I'm not a massive fan of. Got to be honest, but he's a far, far better player than Sands. Yeah. And that's the problem because it doesn't do what a five and, player. Yeah, should. they both went for way less than that kind of valuation. So no, I think I think Sands is at the question. I think the decisions made on James Sands that he won't be signing. Um, so that probably means that James Sands will be signing a five-year deal in the summer. So uh, we've got yeah. all that quality. But look, let's let's look ahead um, just very briefly here because um, we did speak offline. We are playing Ross County on Friday, um, and think we'll. It's a it's a tough one. It's a tough one because Ross County are one of those teams for me that are maybe in a false position because I think they are probably better than the tenth best team in Scotland currently. I think last season getting in the top six was no fluke. I think they they, they done very well. Malky McKay's a listen. The guys are a prick. I don't like Malky McKay for very obvious reasons, and one of those obvious reasons isn't actually because he used to play for Celtic. I think he's just a bit of a scumbag, but he has done a fairly good job up there. Um, and he always sets his team out fairly organised, they're quite hard to break down, but on the flip side they're, they're a bit of a weird team because every time I have seen them, as much as they are organised, hard to break down they do attack, you know what I mean, they do try and play football so Rangers will get chances in this match, this isn't going to be you know, an Aberdeen last 20 minutes where they're just camped in their box Ross County will try and exploit what they perceive to be our weaknesses, which we could then obviously use as a positive. Dave, what, what kind of game are you expecting? Um, because I'm certainly expecting goals again. I actually think we'll concede again, but I think that we'll score more goals in Ross County. Uh, I looked at their, their recent form. They've not been conceding many, don't score many. Games tend to be pretty tight. 1-0s, 2-1s. They'd lost 5-1 to Motherwell a couple of months ago, but pretty tight. Pretty organised, as you say, they showed last year against us they can get forward, they can attack. I think you're right, Bikai's done a good job up there. For them, really, the fundamental problem they have and always will have is a lack of quality. And that's, we've got to exploit that and take the game to them and try and let our individual quality tell them. I'm hoping it's a bit less pulse pounding than the last couple. Yeah. And if, if we could do a goal and then do another goal before they've done a goal, that would be <laughs> fucking, that would really just set me up for a, a nice Christmas, aye. Yeah, well, do you know what, you made you made a, you make a good point there, Dave, we were all saying Scott Arfield saved Christmas, he's not quite saved Christmas yet, because Kenny, there is still potential for Christmas to be ruined on Friday, you're on mute, Kenny. 
Sorry. Uh, yeah, I think uh, Bill had mentioned something about making quite a few changes, didn't he? He did. Uh, I think he was talking about Scott Arfield playing and... Um, Aye, I, I, I've got a fun, uh, Listen, I'm going. I'm, I'm going to kind of stick my neck out a wee bit and say I actually think we'll we'll get more control of this game than we have in the last two. Um, it's a tight pitch. Uh, it'll be cold up there. <laughs> it always is. Um, as Dave says, they don't they don't lose a lot of goals, but they don't score a lot of goals. Um, I, I I just think if we turn up and do our job properly, and I think I think there is a mentality swing already. Uh, they know what they've got to do up there, and I'm hoping that, ho- hoping against hope, that we actually turn up and defend properly for 90 minutes. Yeah, I mean, the the result uh, yesterday uh, on Tuesday should give us confidence. Get into this. I mean, it's, it's it's Ross County at the end of the day. I mean, no disrespect, right? But the manner in which we won that game against Aberdeen, where we were relatively poor, well, well I, I feel that we were more than relatively poor, I felt we were very poor, but obviously that's open to interpretation, Dave, you felt we were a wee bit better than that, but the, the overall feeling was, we didn't quite perform, I'm talking about from a player's perspective, they'll be thinking, we didn't quite perform, but look, we got the three points, and look how we've done it, I fully, fully expect Rangers to come out and batter Ross County for the first 20 minutes, at least the first 25 minutes, purely because they're riding that crest, crest of a wave um, on, on the back of that um, finish at Pataudry. And to Dave's point, if we get a goal and then another goal, the game could be over within the first half. And I hope it is, because I, I really, these three toes, as good as they are, that they'll be the death of me and many others. Um, so I do expect a more comfortable result. I don't expect a great, great performance because I'm kind of on board. Bill set my expectations, as I've said. You know, I'm, I'm not going to expect that just yet. That will come. Um, but I do expect it to be a lot less frantic, a lot less nervous um, and a lot less anxiety um, within the players and the game itself. So, you know, the, the way that the way that we're kind of patching this team up at the moment, the way that we're kind of the walking wounded and obviously Tav struggling a wee bit, we'll still have young Divine in there, who by the way has done a great job, no disrespect to him, but he is due maybe a, a below average performance, that's just what happens with youth players, so you, you've kind of got that in the back of your mind, who's going to partner Connor Goldson, all those things, I come to the conclusion, we probably will concede, but the only thing I care about at the moment, I don't care about clean sheets at the moment, Scoring more goals in the opposition, getting the three points, back down the road, and then we go again uh, just after Christmas at Mullerwell. So, Dave, are you confident? I'm as confident as I get, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's Ross I I know this has come across as disrespectful and stuff, but it is Ross County. We shouldn't be getting into this game worried, regardless of where we are and what players are missing and and stuff like that. You know, we, we... People always say it's tough to go up there. We've actually got a really, really good record up there, so we've got that going for us as well. Well, exactly. So, uh, what about yourself, Kenny? Yeah, I'm quite confident. I, I've got to be honest. I, I, I think we should be... If, if As long as we turn up and, as I say, defend and play in any way, shape or form the way we can, I, I'm quite, very confident we'll come back with three points, yeah. That just about wraps it up. Um, so, obviously, we've got the game uh, this Friday against... Ross County and then on the 28th we are playing Motherwell um, at Ibrox and then the game after Motherwell as we all know on the second uh, will be the old firm so stay tuned to hear more about those. We will be back just after Christmas um, to obviously 
look back on the Ross County game and look forward to the Motherwell game. Um, and then obviously it'll be not quite a week's build up, um, but there'll be quite a big build up to the old firm. But let's just hope we've got to that game with maximum points under the belt because it should set up a, a fairly a fairly good good match. Um, you know, as I said, I've, I've said it all along. If we can get those kind of twelve points out of twelve points, get into the Celtic game, it is game on. And if Celtic beat us, fair enough. Um, but it gives us the best possible chance to obviously be on right on their heels and obviously keep this title race well some people might disagree that there's a title race but to certainly create a title race that is what is going to be required especially now that we are nine points behind again because obviously Celtic beat Livingston um, all that remains for me to say is as I always say at the end is just if you can continue to follow us subscribe um, we are on Twitter Facebook Instagram you'll get us on Apple uh, podcast, you'll get us on Spotify, you'll get us on Amazon, um, Amazon Music. Um, as the 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 most little of support that you can offer us goes a very very long way. Um, so like, follow, subscribe, all this kind of thing, that is very much appreciated by myself and the rest of the guys. Um, Kenny, thanks very much, mate. I will obviously be speaking to you over the next couple of weeks so I hope that obviously you have a nice Christmas um, and Rangers don't ruin it for you Aye uh, <laughs> Cheers <laughs> uh, I, I think it's been a, a pleasure the last last night was brilliant um, it was a good chat enjoyed it it was as, as much as I've kind of been a wee bit of the kind of Christmas Grinch uh, in a way by saying that the performance wasn't great last night was fucking brilliant you know I mean that's the best I felt all year it was great Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would have felt great if we'd done that against Ross County, you know, with the, the two two goals in the last minute, but see the fact that it was against Abilene and Petrodo, it made it all, all the better. Um, absolutely. Dave, thanks very much, mate. Um, I know that you... Uh, I know that if Tillman misplaces a pass, he'll probably ruin your... <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, cheers, guys. I said on Twitter last night, it's moments like that that you'll have for cups and leagues and all that are great, but your, your day-to-day bread and butter is just that joy and elation when you get these wee fucking <coughs> get-it-up ye as much as anything else. The fact it was a get-it-up ye, which was also wrapped up in a, a, a great moment for us in any event, just fucking makes it all the sweeter. That's why you follow your team. That's why you keep going. The, the only thing I can compare it to is... I honestly felt this morning when I woke up the same way I felt when I was waking up after the Europa League games last year, straight down the stairs, Wigfield on the telly, singing to the kids while they're having their breakfast, telling them about the game, showing them the highlights. Amazing. It yeah. can't be beat. I could live with it in the Ross County game, to be fair, as you say, but aye. Amazing. Yeah. But Absolutely. Um, and the final thing for me really is just to obviously wish all the listeners a, a, a nice Christmas, hope we have a good one um, and we will be back um, probably um, on the 27th, it'll probably be just in time for the Motherwell game where as I said we will be looking back on the Ross County game and ahead to the Motherwell game so join us for that and thank you for listening.